our next guests. We've got such a great panel and I'm gonna do my best that you get to see the, the fact that the crew chief is really, you know, is he the heartbeat of the team? Is he the character that is the coolest in drag racing? We're gonna find out now because the men that we have assembled here, uh, Jimmo has done such a great job putting together a great team with Ron Tobler, one of the greatest of all time. Nikki Bonafonte, world champion crew chief, a couple years back with Del Worsham now, has taken on a new project with Alexis DeJoria. Kurt Elliott, the reigning Denzo U.S. Nationals top fuel co-crew chief with Connie Coletta. Obviously, uh, Ron Tobler and Bobby Lagana. Bobby, three-time top fuel world champion. Tobler, of course, might be the biggest character of them all. So, gentlemen, this is great for me to be able to be here with you. And oh, by the way, people get to watch. Happy Thanksgiving. How are you all doing? How's it going? Good, Joe. Glad to see you. Yeah, Kurt. doing good, Joe. GMO, awesome. Nikki, what about you, Tobe? Tobe's muted. Unmute, Tobe. Got to unmute. And Bobby, yeah, I see the mute is still on uh, Tobler's deal. You, you'll fix it. It's it's uh, in the lower right-hand corner uh, or left-hand corner. You'll see uh, the mic has got a line through it. Lower left is try now. Yeah, are we good, good now? Good. We got him. Tobler's Jim, on, baby. And, <laughs> and Bobby, Bobby was a last-second addition to this jam, but I think we'll figure it out. Considering as the, you know, what do you consider yourself, Bobby, the do-everything guy? Hoagies called the crew chief, but everybody knows your hands are on everything. You just won three back-to-back-to-back world championships in Top Fuel. What's your title? Bobby is silent too. We don't hear Bobby. Bobby, get it tuned up. Bobby wins best background, guys. So that's over. We got nitro cars in the background. Bobby, you can't, you're muted. Bobby, you're muted. Now try now, Bobby. Yeah, we don't hear Bobby. All right, we're going to work on Bobby. I'm going to proceed with the show. Bobby's going to get tuned up. Bobby, <laughs> you keep talking, Bobby, and we'll, uh, we'll hear you when it works. All right, in the meantime, Guys, let's start out. I'd like to get and encourage cross crew chief conversation. Let's face it, let's be honest. I know the least of all of us, but I know all of you and I've heard some great conversations. And I wanna bring that to our worldwide ePart trade audience. Let's face it, not everybody uh, is as in depth in drag racing as you are, but you love the sport. You've spent your lives in the sport. You keep coming back into the sport and you've, uh, you've experienced so much. We want to share that love and passion of NHRA Camping World Drag Racing. So we're going to start off with Jimmo. Jimmo, you assembled the panel. Uh, you see the men that are out here. You know what they're all about. You know the struggles and the challenges of, you know, being that heartbeat of the team, being the crew chief, the guy who makes the final call, hope it works and sends your driver down the racetrack. Talk a little bit about that responsibility to get everything right. Yes, you're competing but there's a life of someone you care about, you love in that car. When you send them, things got to be right. Well, first thing I want to thank all, all these guys, Nikki, Kurt, Ron, and, and Bobby for, you know, taking part of this and, and you as well, Joe, you know, you're, you're a great guy as well. And, um, you know, it's, it's amazing uh, when we were looking to put this panel together, there was so many, it's like, all these other crew chiefs that are out there, they are, um, they're, they're family, they're friends. And uh, so we could have had like a hundred people on this, this thing and it would have been pretty cool. But, um, but Judy said, we can't have that many. So anyway, <laughs> but anyway, you know, as far as, you know, 
the, the teamwork stuff goes. I think um, the hardest part about being a crew chief is that, that team camaraderie and, um, you know, having everybody going in the, in the same direction. Um, you know, you've got to get people to believe in you and believe in what you're doing as a crew chief, um, you know, because you're not always going to have great days. You're going to have some days that maybe you don't qualify very well. You're going to have days that you struggle on race day, um, but you still want to have that team behind you, uh, which includes your driver, includes your team owner. Still, you know, positive about the direction that you're going um, because it's, it's tough out there. And there's not many, when you, when you look at, at, crew chiefs and, and Bobby Lagana is a crew chief. That, that's a, I, I, I will, I have no problem saying that. And Kurt Elliott is a crew chief. They work with great people. And, you know, without a guy like Bobby Lagana, Richard Hogan may not succeed as, as well as he does. And the same with, with Connie Coletta, he loves, you know, having a good right-hand man and Kurt's that guy, Kurt's that guy that makes everything, uh, everything happen. And, and Tobe will tell you the same thing about, you know, having good people, um, you know, on your, on your side. So you're, you're trying to make sure that you're getting everybody to go in the same direction and understand that it is a team and understand that if, um, if you make a mistake um, with the job that you're doing on the car, if you're a crew member, that, that, that you're okay to come up and tell somebody that, Hey, I made a mistake because the last thing you want um, as a crew chief is to have any of your crew members do something that's wrong and you as a crew chief don't know about it. Um, so what you're trying to do is get those guys to trust that they can come up and they can talk to you about anything. And, um, and that, you know, if they do make a mistake, um, they can say it without getting their head bit off, you know? So, you know, doing all those things to try to keep uh, the team moving in a forward direction uh, it's, it's a lot of work. I, I'm very fortunate on, on Paul Lee's car. Um, the way everything's set up is I get to fly in and I get to tune the race car. And Donnie Bender does a lot. You know, he does a lot to keep the team moving in a forward direction. And our team's a little unique as we're a, a part-time team. Um, so we don't have um, but just one full-time crew member, and that's Donnie. So orchestrating and putting things together with, with you know, six or seven part-time guys um, it, it's, it's challenging. And then also making sure that when those guys are there, that they're enjoying what they're doing and, and, um, that they want to be there because, you know, it's, it is tough work, whether it's full-time, whether it's part-time, it's a lot of work. And these crew guys, um, it, it's, it's, um, it, it's a lot for them. And, um, but you want to make sure that everybody's having fun. You want to make sure that everybody is, um, uh, on the same page and that they're all there for the same reasons. We all want to win. Uh, there's not one guy, you know, out of, out of the five of us here that don't want to win. And um, so we want to make sure that we surround ourselves with those same like, like, like-minded people. And, um, you know, I've, I've got to say, you know, you know, I, I, um, I've known Tobler around for a long, long time and, and work with him uh, at Coletta Motorsports for a few years, and we had some great, great times there. And um, being able to go back now, and I'm and I'm working on this funny car with Paulie and Ron. Obviously, has been very instrumental in our success with with uh, uh, Paulie's car. And um, one thing I've noticed with him, he is 
really, really in tune with his guys. Um, and he does a great job with his team. Uh, those guys would run through a brick wall uh, for Ron. And, and I think, you know, the same would hold true for Bobby and Kurt and for Nikki, you know, that, that their guys would do that same thing for them. So, you know, I, I feel pretty, um, I, I, I want to be that, you know, that way with my guys as well, too. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that, Jim. I mean, you're talking about Paulie. First of all, folks, Jimmo's got a book called Top Fuel for Life. Obviously not, because he's a funny car guy now, but that's a story. But uh, I, I don't want, you know, I don't want Tobler to get embarrassed. But, like, I think that I, what I have learned in my time with the National Hot Rod Association is that, you know, Ron Tobler is one of the greatest of all time, maybe one of the most unsung heroes of the pit area that people don't talk about. I've seen you, Jimmo, walk in with questions and walk out and helping other teams, teams that are trying to beat him. Uh, you know, Nikki, I know you feel the same way and, and everybody, uh, Tobler's been around, you know, since the days of Shirley Muldowney and prior, he's, he was been there in the match race era and lived that and is still, uh, you know, one of the greatest competing at the highest level final round of the final race of this season. Uh, if you guys don't mind, I'd just like you all to give your impression of Tobe as we've got this worldwide audience, people from formula one and sports cars and, you know, they're using CFD and all these different technologies to make their cars go fast and drag racing cars go fast, but there's this extra layer that makes success happen. And he's got it. Kurt, can you start off with that? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, uh, I worked for eight years uh, with Dickie Venables and of course uh, Ron and Dickie have quite a history together and uh, I was, uh, we were privileged to have Ron come and work on our teammates' car when uh, Dickie and I were with uh, Tony Pedregon. And so uh, Ron came and ran Cruz's car. And, you know, I learned a lot um, racing with uh, Dickie, but also watching Ron's methodology. And, um, He's not the guy that's going to have the latest trick stuff on his car. I mean, he's going to, he's going to ring that thing out with what he's got and what he knows. And um, just watching him over the years has, has been something that's really stuck with me. And um, also, like Jimmo says, his uh, camaraderie with his team is like second to none. And you know, we, we, we live and die by those guys and, uh, you know, we're at their mercy. So uh, we've got to have their loyalty and work with them. And I, I saw all those qualities in Ron, for sure. Well, how, about, how about you, Nikki? Bonifante Friction producing clutch discs for so many of the cars out there, clutch parts for so many of the racing machines out there. You're kind of on the you know, manufacturing chemistry side of the sport, you can make anything go in the clutch. Also a world champion nitro crew chief with Del Worsham a couple of years ago, and you had to battle Tobler for that championship. Yeah, I, I've never had the opportunity to work with Ron. Uh, I know him really well, and he, he's a great guy. I mean, he's, he's a tough guy to run, man. He's, he's going to go down the racetrack. He's very uh, consistent um, and, uh, you know, I've had the opportunity to, to, to work with them on a different level, uh, you know, through Bonifani Friction over the years. And uh, I, I mean, I've known Ron 
a long time. I mean, back when he was, you know, Ron Shirley's car. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, he, he's very uh, basic. He, he's, uh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't like, like Kurt said, he, he doesn't really go out for the, the tricks of the trade or try to reinvent the wheel, but man, he's, he's, he always brings the best car on race day. You know, there's no doubt about that. So. We get Bobby's uh, audio working. Bobby, how are you doing down there? Champ. Bob, Bobby has replaced his video with a placard of, of him sitting there. He's frozen up. No big deal. So if I to you, because I just have seen what you've been able to do, the people who you have helped, and the way you run your car. And I just think it's very important that everybody knows that Ron Tobler is has been so successful in the sport of drag racing these four championships a couple with shirley that you take credit for one was connie prior to that cruiser in 2008 caps and when you look at the way the sport has evolved starting out over the road those crazy stories back in the day to the sport of nhra camping world drag racing a lot has changed ron tobler winning races and running at the front has not talked a little bit about about your career to this point well, I've had a lot of great opportunities, obviously, and um, I thank everyone for all the kind words. Um, certainly everyone on this panel is a very good friend of mine. Uh, we, we do a lot together, kind of away from the racetrack, whether it be drinking a little vino or, or whatever it may be. But um, I, I certainly appreciate um, everything that everyone has said, and I have to echo Jim O's sentiments about the crew. Um, that's one of the things that I've learned and next year will be my 50th year of being involved in drag racing. And I'm certainly the old guy of this panel. And, um, you know, you're nothing without your crew. Uh, those guys put in the work, they put in the dedication, they put in the sacrifices. They're the ones driving the trucks and trailers up and down the road. So um, I, I would certainly echo everyone's feeling that without them, uh, the, you know, that we are nothing and we're not going to produce any kind of a good car on on Sunday. Um, you're right. I have been around a long time. I've seen the sport change. Um, when we didn't have computers when we didn't have the things on board, the cars that we have nowadays. So I've certainly, uh, kind of been around even since the engines were in the front, which was not a really pretty picture back in those days as it is now with a funny car. But, um, yeah, just, just great opportunities, great friends and, uh, wouldn't have, wouldn't trade any of it for anything. And didn't you get your license in a slingshot? I, it wasn't a slingshot. It was a rear engine drag shirt. It was in 1975. So um, Dickie Venables uh, Jr. that Kurt mentioned a while ago, I actually started racing with his dad in 1971. And I did get my license in their rear engine top fuel car, um, having been a young, early 20s kind of guy and thinking that I wanted to go and be a driver. And, um, but then shortly after that, I went to work for Shirley and, uh, that kind of set aside the driving aspect of my life and, and allowed me to focus on being a crew chief. Amazing. All right. Uh, I would encourage some questions out there for those of you on epartrade.com. Thank you for joining us. Uh, crew chiefs, feel free to question each other because let's, let's go into some of the decision-making NHRA drag racing in a typical year. There's four qualifying sessions and then four rounds on Sunday this year, our pandemic year, those were cut spoke with Antron and Ron Cap this morning. And they, they said that that was very intense, only getting two qualifying sessions, going out there, having to compete. You're basically round one 
in your third run down and it changed the methodology. You guys are figuring out the track. You're trying to make as much power as the conditions will allow. You have more power no matter what the conditions will allow then you can get to the ground and you've got another team, maybe one of these gentlemen here, trying to load you up on the trailer. Let me start out with Jimmo first. How do you process those elements to come up with a winning combination? Take me through your methodology and any one of you other gentlemen, feel free to, to jump in and, and point out something or attack. Well, for me, when um, I'm still trying to get uh, my hands wrapped around you know, tuning a funny car and thank God for Tobler, you know, to, to help me out and keep me uh, in line. Um, you know, when we first went back this summer and we started doing those indie races, uh, an interesting thing, I mean, we had really never run um, Pulse car in, in the summertime conditions like that. So we first went out and we're just out there like throwing down with these 330 foot numbers, but it won't stick of course it's smoking the tires and and um then all of a sudden everything lined up first round and we went 388 and, and uh you know ron and, and then my brother they're like what the hell are you trying to do out there of course the car we, we clipped the cone and stuff and we lost that round but the following week you know ron was like look man you got to back this thing up and this is what you need to do to back it up. And it didn't make sense uh, to me, but I needed to um, uh, back it up. And um, and we got it backed up and we finally went down the track and then, you know, we went around and, and stuff like that. But it is, it is challenging going out there with uh, just two runs and qualifying and, um, you know, not knowing what really what it's like. So you, you, so you've got to kind of be a lot more conservative. You've got to really be, um, um, not as greedy. And, and you know, and I, I've told people, I don't, I didn't work for Connie Coletta for 31 years and not learn how to be greedy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's challenged, but it's still fun. It's still racing. You're still trying to go out there and put the best number down that you can, but your mentality changes a little bit to where you, you know, maybe have to be a little bit more conservative. I, I don't know if Connie's that way, Kurt, but yeah. <laughs> he never was. Yeah. I don't know if anything's no. changed. <laughs> hey, real quick, let me jump in. Bobby Lagana is back and unfrozen. Bobby, can we hear you? We don't hear Bobby. Bobby hears us, but we don't hear Bobby. Get the tech crew down there. Bobby's running <laughs> for background. We got world champion top field dragsters back there. Oh, he's, he's... <laughs> listen. Bobby's Italian. He talks with his hands. We almost don't need to hear him. <laughs> He's laughing. What about it, Kurt? You guys have uh, Jimmo, Tobe, Nikki, Kurt. You've all worked with a legend. This e-part trade deal started off with Roger Penske. Talk about a captain of industry, uh, you know, coming out of IndyCar. I like to think of Conrad Coletta as a similar situation for drag racing, uh, a drag racer that created an air freight company to keep drag racing and, and now has one of the largest in the world. And you've all worked with Conrad. And this year, Kurt, you won the U.S. Nationals with Connie. Um, talk a little bit about Connie and what's that like making those decisions in the pressure cooker with someone you know is a legend? How do you hold up to that? Uh, we, you know what? Uh, 
Connie and I get along great. It's just, you know, it's it's really an honor for me to uh, work with him. Um, you know, watching him when I was a kid and uh, just, you know, just one of the greats. And he he is truly a uh, a legend in drag racing, a, uh, a global business titan without a doubt. And, uh, you know, he he still loves his sport. I mean, all this panel knows how much he still loves his sport. And he we want for nothing. I mean, he gives us absolutely every tool, part, personnel, everything we need to do this job. And uh, to work with him, what's it like to work with him? It, it's, it, it's great. I mean, you know, he, uh, he can, uh, everybody knows here on this panel, he, Connie doesn't make small moves, whether it's speeding it up or slowing it down. He, he, he makes pretty big moves. So you try to, uh, you know, you try to give him your input and he's very respectful and, uh, and uh, will listen, you know, listen to your suggestions and thoughts. But uh, in the end, he's got to be good with it, you know, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's just awesome working with him. It really is. He's a great guy, heart of gold that loves his sport. And uh, like you say, we're, he's a drag racing team that owns an air freight company. And I love it. I love that idea. It makes me think of, of Ferrari, you know, they're a, a, a racing team that sells their cars and yeah. he's a drag racing team that has an air freight company and their uh, investment in drag racing is tremendous. Now, Nikki, you worked at Coletta Motorsports. You won a championship over there, but you came up the way everybody else has. And it seems like that arc of career is, uh, is, is very similar in drag racing. We don't really have the person that comes in as a young engineer and takes over a crew chief role and is a crew chief. It seems like in drag racing, you absolutely have to grind it out from the bottom, start out at a team that is an occasional runner, fight and claw your way all the way up, and then eventually uh, achieve a crew chief position. And through that experience, you, you have the ability to survive in that crunch time with these 11,000 horsepower machines your knowledge on the manufacturing side is an extra advantage for you, having won that championship a couple of years ago. For the audience, what impresses you the most about these cars you work on on a weekly basis? Well, I mean, what, what impresses me, Joe, is, is the fact that, uh, you know, the, the cars, uh, the amount of horsepower that they make, and, uh, you know, we can run these cars within hundreds of a second. Uh, it's yeah. pretty amazing. Um, to be able to, you know, plan on making a run and, and you can actually say, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to run a, a 388 and you run 389 or you run 387, you know, and, and, uh, or even if you have to go four flat on a hot track, you know, and you have a good enough database to be able to draw off of, or you can, um, you know, be able to, to predict your ET, um, with as much horsepower as the cars make. And that, and that goes back to, what everybody's been talking about with the people. I mean, the people have got to do their job or they've got to do a really good job and do, do it consistently. And, um, and then, you know, obviously we have people now that, you know, check the track and, and, you know, I mean, I go back to the old days, like Ron and Jimmo and Kurt and everybody, you know, like we went out and we just kind of feel the track with our foot and, you know, you know, like 
you didn't, we didn't even check the temperature, you know, we know it's hot. Right. So, um, you know, it's just, that, that's really the only thing I can say that, you know, that I, that I think is pretty amazing, you know. It is, uh, it is very amazing. Some, some numbers, obviously 11,000 horsepower. That's an impressive number. Caps brought that out immediately. 11,000 horsepower. You think about Formula One cars, you think about Indy cars, you think about stock cars. They're all fast. They're all awesome. You know, who's making around a thousand horsepower, maybe a little more. You guys are making 11, of course, supercharger, nitromethane fuel and 500 cubic inches. The acceleration zero to a hundred in less than one second, like eight tenths of a second. But is there a stat that you guys like to drop? Like the one that you blow minds with at why night parties, that kind of thing. Like I, I heard you guys, I think Nikki said it one time that a top fuel engine, a nitro engine only turns 570 times on a run, uh, you know, to a thousand foot. Uh, are any stats, any big numbers that really impress you? Uh, Tobler, you got anything that you like to drop out there when you want to blow some mines? Well, I do. And, um, you know, you think about, um, like Nikki said, we, we kind of, predict given the track conditions and the things like that about what we think the car can go out and run and the fact that we're able to go out there not just us but like he said the eight guys that put all these components of this thing together go out there and you can pick within a hundredth or two and it's it's been amazing to me how uh disappointed you get over missing it by a hundredth or a hundredth and a half and we we break it down to the thousands but what i've always considered very awesome about these race cars is we're sitting there with a car that is dead stopped and dead still and you hit the gas on that thing and 3.8 seconds later it's covered a thousand foot and it's accelerated to 285 miles an hour in just a little bit over three seconds so sometimes the half track numbers to me are more impressive than the than the finish line numbers but still the fact that we sat there with that car not moving we're not getting a running start at it we're not doing you know we're not getting another lap on it we have to sit there from a dead stop and it just sometimes even to me even nowadays is still mind-blowing that we can sit back and and be upset over missing it by a hundredth and a hundredth and a half it's really i guess we're a little bit spoiled in some vein but um you know we do all have a lot of data we're trying to help jimmo get some data on these um, little short wheelbase things we call funny cars. Um, you know, they're quite a different animal than the top fuel cars are. Uh, you know, you're giving up 175 inches of worth of wheelbase. So it becomes doubly hard to, to make the calls. We can't make the big calls that Connie does. We have to do about half of them. You know, if they want to put on 10 grams, we put on five. If they want to put in a degree of timing, we put in a half. So, um, three out of the four of us here are dealing with cars that are very temperamental and, and very hard to deal with. But um, again, getting back to the guys and the data, um, you know, we can all sometimes make that look pretty easy. On that note, Jimmo, you were once quoted as saying something along the lines of with a top fuel car, you tune like an animal and drive with finesse. With a funny car, you tune with finesse and drive an animal yeah that's um and that still holds uh, very true and that's um and, and that's the one thing i'm having the hardest uh uh time coming to grips with is that i can't be as aggressive as i've you know uh, have been in the past you know um 
you know, when, when I work with uh, Connie, you know, and he taught me so many great things about tuning a race car and he, you know, like Kurt said, you know, he was, he was very aggressive and, um, you know, whether he likes to admit it or not, he, he passed that along to me. <laughs> I've been very <laughs> aggressive with what I like to do. And sometimes that aggressiveness, you know, uh, works good for you. And uh, sometimes it, it doesn't, um, you know, the biggest thing for me with the funny car and, and, you know, going back to Ron, you know, the, probably the, the greatest guy that I ever worked for um, as far as a crew chief goes was Dick LaHaye. Dick LaHaye was a, the baddest dude on the block, in my opinion, can do a lot of things with little. And, and Tobe is, is like, is like Dick LaHaye. He's like our last guy out there that, that has that same mentality that can do so much with so little. So, you know, when Tobe first gave me this, this tune up to run in Paul's car and, and, you know, we run a five disc clutch and, and, um, you know, I've had so many people come up to me, you can't run a five disc in that you're not cut out for that. And, um, <laughs> and there's sometimes I start thinking like, maybe I'm not cut out for it. Maybe I don't have the mentality, but really what it all boils down to is, um, is paying attention uh, to what you're doing, paying attention to things. And as Ron says, I'm, I'm getting a lot more data with, with our car. So I have a lot more to fall back on. And, um, you know, one of our biggest struggles that we actually had uh, early on, um, more than anything, was really our chassis setup. Uh, so we had some problems, you know, with, with handling of the car or whatever, and it had nothing to do with Paul driving. It had nothing to do with anything that we just as a team didn't do a good job uh, setting the car up, you know. So it all went back to what Tobe first gave us, and it's basically that, you know, keep it simple, stupid, you know, idea of like, here, I'm giving you this car and it's very simple. Just follow these things. Well, then we decided that we got a little smarter in some cases. And, in, and, and in that case, we, we made the car hard to drive for Paul and we, uh, we fixed that and, um, you know, knock on wood, we, we finished off pretty good and the car was much easier to drive uh, for Paul and Paul, you know, he went back to cutting better lights. He went back to driving the car straight because I always knew the guy could drive and it was frustrating there for a little bit uh, during the middle of the season when we we're just really struggling with handling of the car. Um, but man, I, you know, it, it's just paying attention to those small little details. And that's probably the biggest challenge that we have with our part-time team is that I don't, I don't have, you know, six guys around the car, seven guys around the car all the time. Um, you know, we spend a lot of our time at, you know, the weekend. And, and I asked, you know, Donnie Bender does a great job. Does He's like a one-man wrecking crew, as uh, Todd Okahara said at Schumacher's. Um, he does a lot, but he can only do so much, you know, in himself. And, um, you know, so it makes it challenging when we have some of those little issues that come up that we can't figure out part-time for now uh you know paul lee global electronic technology this guy has been wanting to be involved as a, a funny car driver for many years full-time and 
such a successful guy. It has been amazing to watch him. And I know that you guys are going to get there this year. And I'm, I'm just thinking about your drivers. I do want to lay it out for everybody like Jimmo crew chiefing for Paul Lee in the straight line strategy group, a, a pretty much relatively new uh, ownership group and went to Don Schumacher racing Tobler set up the car or cloned yeah. a Dodge and, and they're kind of working in tandem. Nikki different team in Del Worsham, who he tuned to a championship a few years ago with Jimmo's brother, Jono, Alexis DeJoria, your driver. And I think about Alexis and John Paul DeJoria and how they have fallen in love with drag racing. Alexis leaving and now coming back, Nikki, what's that been like for you guys to, from what I understand, you're trying to clone Mr. Bobby Lagana, who I think we can actually hear Bobby say something. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yeah, there he is. <laughs> hey, Bobby. The big finish is going to include Bobby. But, uh, you know, Nikki, talk a little bit about your driver, who she is, uh, you know, very popular, going out there and fighting it out in funny cars. Got wins in 2014, 2017, once a win, obviously, in 2021. Uh, experienced a major fire a couple of races uh, towards the end of the season. But tell me about the character of your driver with this Rocket Energy car, or uh, Rocket Mobile car. Well, she, I tell you, she's a, you don't meet a lot of chicks that really want to drive a funny car. I can tell you that. So, uh, um, you know, she's, she obviously, uh, she enjoys drag racing. Um, she wanted to get back out and, uh, and, and, you know, and drive a funny car again. Um, you know, she's, she's aggressive. I mean, she, uh, you know, she, she hops in that thing and, and she drives as hard as she can every run. I mean, and, and if she doesn't do a good job, she sits down with Del and I and she says, hey, man, I didn't do good or I did good or whatever. And, uh, you know, Del and I just want to give her the best car we can. I mean, we took uh, basically took a car that we raced last uh, in, in 2019 with uh, Sean Langdon driving. And, you know, Sean's a bigger guy. And, you know, and, and uh, you know, we tried to take that same exact car that we, you know, that we bought off Connie and, and uh yeah set it up the same, up the same. tried to run it with her driving and it, and it, it, you know, it didn't really, didn't really work that way. You know, uh, it was a little bit tough to begin with. Um, we did have, we did have a, a nice body, body uh, tosser there and then a big fire. Um, we, we had a lot of uh, mechanical issues uh, with, with several parts that we were, that we were using. And, um, you know, once we got those things straightened out, our car, you know, stepped up at the end of the season uh, the last four or five races, uh, through, you know, through that parts breakage, we were still, uh, putting up some pretty good runs, but, but as far as, as far as Alexis, I mean, she just, she wants to put a championship together and she wants to be the first, uh, the first woman to, uh, win a championship in a funny car. Wow. Well, I think that's great aspiration and she can definitely do it. Uh, you guys have got the team together. It's going to be fun to watch you um, what was 2020, very challenging year, 2021, hoping for, hoping for a normalcy. All right, Bobby Lagana, three-time, back-to-back-to-back, top fuel world championship. The 2017 season slipped away. You for a family racing team, sportsmen, racers, who continued to climb the ladder all the way up to the kings of the sport, top fuel, assembled a team. Richard Hogan, who is on the Garlitz crew chiefing tree. That's right. One of Big Daddy's guys is out there dominating NHRA drag racing. And whether you will admit it or not, 
a lot of people, you know, the, the heartbeat, the chemistry of the team, they point at you, your brother, Dominic, of course. Uh, what has it been like to go on this ride in Top Fuel with the Torrance family and become the team that people expect to win not only races, but championships? Uh, we've been definitely fortunate and, you know, uh, kind of talk on some stuff that I've missed before, but a big thing for us and Richard Hogan and growing up with uh, Tobler watching him match race was going to the tracks and, you know, Bogey's big on going down the racetrack and, you know, that, that's the most important thing. And, you know, Tobler all those years of match race and, you know, you, you got to believe a lot of his success has been attributed to just being able to read the track and want to go down the track, you know, to get data. And, you know, like we were talking about the two round qualifiers, um, most important go down the track and understand that you got a good handle on your engine tune up. And, you know, if you smoke the tires or shut off early, you don't really don't have a whole bunch of confidence in making it to the finish line and the next run, trying to run as hard as you can, you know, so keep going. I was, I was just trying to catch up on all the stuff, you know, we can get a top fuel car to go down the track. We get in a zoom meeting to work was third device, <laughs> third device. You know, but now we're, we're very, you know, everything that the guys talked about, um, the, the big thing that we preach here on this team is uh, the guy that makes that's supposed to make the mistake is the crew chief. The uh, crew guys should be perfect. And, you know, it, and they all expect themselves to be And the, the driver's not going to always be the best, but he needs to not make mistakes as well. And then the crew chief is a guy that's going to, he's got the most amount on his shoulders. He's making the most amount of changes from track to track and run to run. And I think if everybody buys into that, that the crew chief is the only one that, should make a mistake, then you can really start to excel and have a lot of trust in each other. And like everybody said here, the trust is the biggest thing. It's amazing. I mean, even if something as simple as, you hate to say simple as the tire, you know, the, the work on the tires, the tires are most important things. Last thing on the racetrack and, you know, understanding, you know, the tire is important. And, uh, you know, we, our guy that's in charge of the tires, you know, we actually, we let him make a decision on what tires to be run and, you know, it's just, it's important that everybody feels involved and that their, uh, that their voice matters and that, you know, they're a part of the team. There are so many forms of motorsports where technology is through the roof. Some think, you know, we're using pushrod V8, like how much technology could be in this, you know, you guys are going straight guys, how much could be in it? Speak on that a little bit. Whoever wants to jump in the technology in modern NHRA camping world drag racing maybe back at the shop maybe in the cars that that someone doesn't understand understand metallurgy or geometry or uh you know all these different elements that make these cars do this just speak on technology a little bit i know um uh, years ago um john glover who was our champion spark plug rep for many many years he brought a guy out to i believe it was a memphis track we were at um who was part of the renault formula one team and so he brought this guy there and this guy is checking out our car and i'm like talking to him and he he goes this car is amazing and i and i said yeah they're they're pretty cool i mean they you know go 300 plus miles an hour you know so he goes no this is just he says this doesn't make sense how you guys could take this and go that quick and fast uh, with, with a car like this and, and that distance, it doesn't make sense. And um, I said, well, you know, we're, 
we're just a bunch of, you know, bunch of old shade tree mechanics trying to make something go down the racetrack. He goes, no, no, this, this car is more technologically advanced than our formula one cards. I'm like, not a chance, you know, and if it is, you guys are spending way too much money over there, but he was, he was very impressed with what we had and what we were making go that quick and fast in that short amount of time. And, um, you know, I, I, I always, um, the, the technology side of things, um, you know, the neat things for me over the years that I saw, you know, spent, when Connie Coletta, when he didn't have his business there for a few years and he was um, actually involved in working on the cars and everything, I think we changed camps <laughs> like 13 times in a matter of a, a couple of years. And it was pretty neat um, watching the changes that he made. And I'm like, man, this is pretty cool. Cause this is probably what it was like when he first started racing and he um, was really, really involved until his, until his airline came about. And, um, you know, seeing those changes that we made and then seeing the improvements or sometimes they weren't improvements. Um, you know, the clutch area, some of the things that we did uh, with the clutch, I thought the coolest thing that we, that I was ever part of was going from a five disc clutch to a six disc clutch and, um, you know, uh, and, and us hiding it for a little, you know, for as long as we could anyway. And, um, and I thought that was really neat to be part of something like that. And then, you know, over the years, just, you know, the, the things that have come out, you know, Dave Leahy from Electromotion, he's given us crew chiefs uh, uh, the ability to do so many cool things, you know, on the cars as it relates to, um, you know, clutch timing, clutch functions, all that kind of stuff. You know, the manufacturers, they do a great job, um, you know, from whether it's Bonifani products making really, you know, uh, good, you know, clutch products and all the other manufacturers out there, you know, a lot of the teams, you know, making a lot of their own parts, whether it's DSR, Colettas or Forces, you know, that's kind of, uh, kind of a neat deal as well too. But yeah, it's, it's, um, I think these cars are, I don't think we give them enough credit for how technologically advanced they are because, you know, as Tobe said, like, you know, going 285 miles an hour in about three seconds is, is pretty amazing. You know, when you think about that out there compared to some of the other cars that are out there that race, they can't go that fast, you know, in that short amount of time. So I think drag racing is an awesome sport. The zero to hundred in less than one second is the one that blows people's minds up to me. Yeah. Uh, winning. Everybody loves winning. Hey, winning is great. You guys have all won tremendously. Uh, Bobby Lagana right now on an incredible streak. And in NHRA's playoff system one year ago, they were actually perfect. They swept the, the playoff system, which is something that I don't think will ever happen again. But you've all had great moments. You've all had negative moments where things have gone sideways or exploded. What about a run that you'd love to, um, not a, a tragic run, because those are, those are horrible. I mean, just a performance run where maybe you didn't get as aggressive as you would have liked and you still remember it. Like a learning, uh, a teachable moment, a learning moment where you were in a big round somewhere and you should have done something different. You didn't quite do it. You learned from that. Think about that for a second. I'm going to ask you guys, uh, to, to reflect on that, because don't you always learn more from your mistakes and the failures than you do from the successes? So uh, let me start out with Kurt. Kurt, do you have something like that where you 
you know, maybe you didn't step on it enough. And if guys knew that they might've got after you. Well, most recently was Indy and actually we still had success. Um, obviously won the race, but, uh, all weekend we had, we actually had more left in the car. Uh, um, the, the, in the final round, uh, you know, I'm sure we could have ran uh, at least a, a 68, you know, and like I say, we, we still won the race, but uh, I kind of wish we'd have leaned on it a little for a uh, little more all weekend, which is unusual for Connie that he, uh, <laughs> you know, that he, he didn't push it any more than he did. But, you know, actually that car, um, every run, uh, no matter the track temp, we had the same clutch settings on it every run. Um, I think maybe our primary varied one gram all weekend. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those where it was dialed in, but I, you know, I think we could have uh, ran quicker all weekend. Won the biggest race. Tobler, what about you? You had such a long and storied career. Maybe there's multiple, maybe there's one that sticks out in your mind. You can give us an example. Well, I think that, um, like like Bobby was saying earlier, when you, uh, I almost consider it a failure every weekend when we leave and we don't win. And so you kind of reflect back almost on a weekly basis about what you could have done more or less, whichever the case may be. But I, I, I guess maybe a watershed moment would have been um, the run with Doug Coletta, unfortunately, at the World Finals in 2006. Um, when Alan Johnson set the national record and, um, you know, took the championship away from, from Doug with the uh, bonus points that he got for setting the world record. So that was certainly one of the ones that I, I, maybe we could have done a little bit more in the semifinals. We got beat in the semifinals. If we'd have gotten to the finals, then Doug would have been the championship no matter what Alan Johnson or Tony Schumacher did. So, um, you know, I always look back that with Dougie and uh you know I enjoyed my time there um like Jimmo said when I was there for the three years we had a great time Connie was uh uh you know a great uh facilitator as far as giving us everything we need but I would say that that in in my career and also in the sport of drag racing is kind of one of those watershed moments that people even talk about now the run, Tony Schumacher, Doug Coletta, the run. Every drag racing fan knows it. And it's one of the things on Ron Tobler's life resume, um, multiple championships. Nikki, what about you? A, a moment that you learned from. Things didn't go right. Not talking uh, real negative stuff, but something you were able to take down the road and build upon. I, I would say like uh, in 2016, um, uh when, uh, you know, when I was working with John at Coletta's and, uh, uh, we were running the DHL car and, uh, Del, Del Warsham was driving it. Um, you know, we, we had a pretty quick car throughout the summer um, we had just switched over to, uh, uh, the home, home built, uh, bounty hunter chassis and, uh, and, and our car was pretty, pretty quick and fast. And, uh, and, and we really didn't have to, uh, push it that hard to put up some really big numbers, you know, like we set the national record a few times and uh, ran 383 at Seattle and um, and it was doing it pretty easy. Um, and then, you know, we get back into the, uh, you know, Brainerd and we win Brainerd and then we go to, uh, we get in, you know, we get to the U.S. Nationals and we, we had to push it a lot in, uh, in qualifying. 
um, to get it to run, you know, within a few hundreds of that, uh, you know, that 383, uh, yeah, I think we were around 387, you know, and we still weren't really satisfied with how the car was running. Um, we, we managed to uh, run pretty well on race day um, and we, we made it to the final count and, uh, you know, we, we had to run Matt Hagen in the final and, uh, man, we, you know, we stepped on it and, uh, I feel, I feel like, uh, you know, that was one of my opportunities to win the U S nationals and, uh, you know, it didn't happen for us, you know, so, uh, we didn't, you know, we just basically didn't get after the thing enough and, uh, you know, we ran good, but it wasn't good enough. And, and that's a race I'd like to have back. Um, because you know, it's the U S nationals and it's the biggest race. And, uh, man, anytime, uh, anytime you're in the final round, you know, like Connie Coletta and Jimmo and all, all those guys used to tell me, Hey, this is the U S nationals, you know, like Dick LaHaye, right. I worked for Dick for a long time with Jimmo and, 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 uh, and, and, uh, those guys would, would you know, this is the U S nationals. And when you go to the U S nationals, you need to bring everything you got. So, uh, I, I mean, I feel like, you know, we were just kind of, racing the guy in the other lane and we didn't really race the racetrack quite as much as we should have. NHRA's biggest race, Bobby Leanna. I don't imagine you have any that you want to take back after the last three years, but I know you do. Yeah. I mean, uh, without being greedy, I'd say a run that sticks out is in Bristol last year in the final round against Salinas. We, we lost a really a close race. I think it was three or four thousandths. We were going to win we broke a crankshaft at 800 feet and, uh, and Mike passed us in the finish line. Steve almost won on a whole shot anyway, 389 to 384 or something like that. But, uh, just, uh, the events leading up that day, we were having some issues in the bottom end department with some parts. And we, we were just trying to get through that stretch cause we had one of the five previous races. So that, that race would have gave us nine in a row. We had run, we won the next three, but, we were just struggling through a particular part during that stretch and it was all we could do to make sure nothing was going wrong. And we just, it just happened to go wrong in the final, you know, it was, you look back on it and there's like three or four things you easily could have done to, to now fix that problem. And it would have, we would have been okay, but it just it definitely, you know, it was just a mechanical thing that we were battling and just were struggling to fix the problem. I see Francisca and John are, have popped up, so we're close to the very end. I do want to take a second to thank all of you for what you do for NHRA Drag Racing. Uh, Jimmo, I'm going to give you the last word here. Bobby, thank you, and congratulations thank on you. your amazing run with Steve Torrance as your driver. You guys are doing great. So happy Brother Dom is, uh, is, is better, and, and things are looking good. Nikki, excellent work. Good luck to you in the future with Alexis DeJoria and that uh, Rocket Mobile team. Ron Tobler, next year, bud. Good luck. Thank you very much. Really appreciate what you have done for the sport of drag racing. And I hope the fans uh, are fans of crew chiefs in addition to drivers, because you guys are definitely the soul. Kirk, congratulations on the U.S. Nationals win with Sean Langdon for Coletta Motor. You. Jimmo, you put together an amazing panel. We could do this for like two hours. It'd be better if we had a little vino, like uh, Tobler said. But final call, final statement before we turn it over to Francisca and John about drag racing and the technology that goes together for those that, you know, maybe they haven't been to a drag race and they don't quite understand what you guys live. Well, I, I, I think the, 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 the great part about these guys and all the other crew chiefs that are out there on, on all the teams um, drag racing truly is, 
it's it's a um, it's a it's a true team sport, and um, you have to have so many people on the same page. Do you know going towards that same goal? You know, we all want to run low ET. We all want to win races. And um, the neat part for me, you know, when I was younger, um, I always wanted to be be a driver and stuff. And then I kept growing, and I didn't stop growing. And of course, nobody's going to put anybody my size in any type of race car. Um, but I really loved the mechanical side of, of the sport. And, um, you know, when I set out to become a crew chief and I, you know, wanted to do that, um, I really enjoyed that side of it. And, and there's so many, I, I, I want to like people that don't know a whole lot about drag racing, um, to know the people that are behind the scenes you know, the guys, you know, like the guys you see here on, on this panel and then their team, you know, their crew, uh, crew members, um, you know, the, the people at the shop, you know, maybe the guys that don't even go to the racetrack, how important every little job is that we do uh, to, you know, put those great numbers up on the board. I mean, there is a tremendous a lot, amount of preparation, a tremendous amount of work that goes into, you know, every 3.6 second top fuel run or a 3.80 second uh, funny car run. And, um, you know, guys like, you know, Nikki, Kurt and, and Ron and Bobby, um, they're amazing people. And um, the, the, the best part about them is it's not their, their technical savvy about everything, but it's the type of people they are, the type of um, uh, person that they are. And, um, you know, I've had, great mentors in, in my life, you know, from Connie Coletta to Dick LaHaye to Ed Ace McCullough. And, um, you know, and then also getting to know a lot of these great people out here, you know, uh, like these guys and Richard Hogan and Alan Johnson and, you know, and the list just goes on and on and on. And they're, they're just as, as great of crew chiefs as all these guys are right here. They're even better people. And, um, you know, and, and they're, they're great people to be around. And, um, and I think that's what really makes our sport great. And I think, you know, we all have each other's backs uh, when we get into a, a situation and, um, you know, we've been through some, you know, tough times this year with Dom and, and um, you know, but, you know, just like you said, Joe, having seen him back smile has the greatest thing on earth and Bobby, you know, he's, you know, God bless him for, you know, hanging in there and, and everything that he did, you know, and, and, um, you know, that's, t I can't imagine going through something like that with my own brother. And, um, you know, and I, my, 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 I just can't, you know, he's just amazing. You know, Bobby's an amazing guy and Tobe, you know, same way with, you know, everything, uh, with, you know, that happened with Eric Lane. Um, you know, and I know how close Eric and, and, um, Tobe were and, uh, it really, the, the, the greatness of these people really comes out in situations like that. And, um, and that's what I, that's what I wish people would know more about these guys and everybody is that as great as they are on the racetrack, a, a tune in a race car, they're even, they're 10 times better people, better human beings. Absolutely. Thank you. Great way to do it. Yes. Obviously our great friend, Eric, uh, May he rest in peace. Bobby, Nikki, Kurt, thank you so much. Francisque, John, how about that? 
Okay, that was my favorites. Uh, one of my favorites of this whole week. So I, I just um, drivers get a lot of attention in uh, racing, and they got more and more attention as as the sanctioning bodies tried to bring things away from the, the technical aspects of racing, which I don't quite agree with. But uh, it wasn't always that way. And you guys are heroes, so I just want you to know that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Registering on ePartrade is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now, and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.